Hello and welcome to Let's Talk, the show that connects families in Ashkosh with local experts to talk about your parenting questions. I'm Amanda Chavez, here with my co-host, Carlene Grabner, and today we're talking about raising kids with love, logic, and a scoop of financial literacy. Being a parent is one of the most intricate and important relationships that we'll ever have. On the other end of the relationship are people who are constantly evolving and changing and making it even more challenging. What if there was a philosophy that could guide us through the evolutions in a way that fosters connection and trust while building independence? How do we build that relationship and transition our kids to independence with a solid foundation to manage their adult lives and money successfully? We're talking about it today with Jen DiMatteo and Cassandra Dorn. Well, thank you for joining us today, Cassandra and Jen. Jen, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, absolutely. Um, I work with Parent Connection, which is a program of Family Services of Northeast Wisconsin. Um, I run their parent education program, um, but I'm also a mom. I have two kids. I live in the Appleton area, and I really love working in the community and with people and families. Wonderful. And Cassandra? I am a certified financial planner with Provident Financial Consultants in Ashkosh. I love my job. I help people reach their goals, hopefully, right? That's everybody. They come and see me, and we talk about, you know, where they are financially and where they want to be or where they want to go. Um, I'm also a mother of three, which keeps me equally busy. Um, I feel like all I do is run around, but it brings me great enjoyment, and I was once told that, you will miss spending time in the car because that's when you have the best conversations. And as my kids are growing up, I'm finding that's very true. I echo that. I went part-time, not really part-time, but reduced hours five years ago because people call it windshield time. It was like when I picked my kids up from school, it's when everything came out, like that first 10, 15 minutes. We also, like, when they were little, laid down with them in bed. And I remember some people being like, don't lay down with your kids at bed. But that's where everything came out. The lights mm -hmm. were out. And, and then... All of a sudden, just shift. Like, all of a sudden, you're done with that stage, and I miss it a little bit, even though on those days where I was like, oh, I need to stay up and work longer, and I fall asleep with them in bed. But I do miss those days. All of a sudden, you're on to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. But thanks for joining us today, Jen and Cassandra. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about love, logic, money, and the huge job of parenting with Jen and Cassandra. Let's Talk is brought to you through Go Oshkosh Kids partnership with the Women's Fund of Oshkosh. The Women's Fund of Oshkosh works to improve the lives of women, girls, and families of the communities in Winnebago County through philanthropy, grant making, and education. Jen, can you give us a nutshell version of the ideas behind the philosophy of parenting with love and logic? Absolutely. In a nutshell, uh, love and logic is a parenting approach that is teaching through role modeling, um, responsibility, respect, dignity uh, for our children with the idea that they're not always going to live with us. Someday they're going to be on their own, and we want to make sure that they have the skill set and capability to, to manage it without um, hitting too many challenges. One of the, I did take Love and Logic like 10 years ago, and um, we sponsored Love and Logic um, through the Women's Fund multiple times uh, because we thought it was a really important parenting class. But one of the things I 
found fascinating was the conversation about family contributions as opposed to um, allowances or chores of, of using the word family contribution. Um, and that's kind of how I come into the, the money aspect of working with my kids. What are your thoughts on that, Cassandra? Have you heard that term or Jen? Like, have you, you know, what are your thoughts behind family contribution as opposed to allowances or chores? It's a, it's a topic in every household. You know, how do you do this? It was a big topic of conversation with my husband and I. I grew up with, you know, family contributions versus an allowance, and he grew up the other way. He got paid um, to do his chores. So when we had kids and decided which way we were going to go, he was adamant for them to have an allowance, and I was adamant that they shouldn't. And so after many discussions, we kind of met in the middle. Um, everyday chores like making your bed and when mom or dad is in the kitchen and doing dishes, you can jump up and help too because then, you know, if we're going to watch a show or do something together afterwards, it gets us to that end goal faster. But then when my daughter was old enough to babysit, when she's giving up going to the movies, let's say on a Friday night because we would like her to babysit, that's where we will pay her. Um, we do set expectations for that so she knows what needs to be met in order for her to get paid. And then, of course, we always have to make sure we have the cash on hand to meet our financial obligations to her and our promises. And that's really important, I think, with kids is teaching them a balance. You know, you're not going to get paid for everything you do in, in your life, but when you have to give something up, maybe there is financial compensation there. I completely agree. Um, personally and through Love & Logic, um, I believe in and practice with my own kids. Um, what we're adding to the house is a shared impact. We, we all impact each other. I don't get paid to do the dishes, neither should my children. So everything that we're adding to the household to keep things functioning is really helping the entire family which is also then building on life skills. You're, you're accountable to your family. You're accountable to yourself. You learn how to take care of your possessions and have uh, respect for the, the things that you have. Um, but then also on the love and logic side of it, it's also teaching um, that you have value, that you're adding value to your family. And that's a lesson that a lot of kids aren't learning. So ideas of work ethic and things like that that you hope that they have when they're older, they get to learn that in the household by contributing to the family. I think as parents, sometimes I think, oh, it would just be faster for me to finish the dishes or dry them. And taking that extra time to involve them in those, it does take more work, right? Um, but I, that's having that insight reminds me that I should that too like when you unload the dishwasher and then you have to redo it all when they walk <laughs> away from the room <laughs> or when they do laundry. the dishes and yeah. you see that there's still food on some of the dishes and yeah but it's the act I, I like you said work ethic teaching that kind of stuff is the act of doing it another thing I remember so vividly learning about love and logic which I I struggle with in my mind is the fact like I think the example was um a child had broken its neighbor's window and the parents were guided to make sure they took the money from the child's savings or you know whatever to replace the window, which to me I think is super smart. But then I always have this parent moment in my mind going, I'm going to buy him whatever he needs anyway. So now he took that money out of their. I guess what's the philosophy on what what are they trying to what are we trying to teach them there? What are they trying to instill in them? 
cause and effect, really. So I did an action that caused uh, financial damage to somebody else's property. I, as an adult, am going to be responsible to pay for that damage. My child should have to learn that lesson while it's still manageable. So a broken window, what I mean, what does that cost? Let's just say $500. I don't know. They're not going to necessarily have $500 to pay for the window, but I can cover it, and now that child owes me $500. I don't expect them to you know, be like an indentured servant, but then it becomes a conversation of what can you do to earn extra money or to um, use your time to, to pay me back for what I covered for you. And it is teaching that sense of... Um, uh, of the, the the cause and effect, what I do matters. What I do does affect other people and things. And I think it's also it speaks volume that you you have your kids back, right? I'm going to help you, but I need your help as well because essentially this was due to you, and I'm going to support you in every way I can, which means I'm going to pay for the window. But you know that money came out of our family's funds, and so now you need to contribute to help bring that back. Parenting is hard, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and we're talking about money issues and discipline and, and a relationship, right? And it's always changing, but we always want to have that connection with our kids. And I like how you said it, Cassandra, and you said it too, Jen, like, having, like you always have your kids back, right? And whether that's I don't know, paying for something on a smaller level or, or like, shared contribution to, like, for those things that are on their, like, wish list. But, yeah, like, how do we talk about providing that discipline and guidance to our kids to help their personal growth and maintain that strong relationship? I'm not sure. And I think what Jen said about sitting them down and talking to them about what happened with the window and, you know, paying for it and what can, can can you contribute it's just showing that families you know families are there to help each other and to build growth and trust and it's opening the conversation to yes there was an accident or an error you need to come and talk we'll have your back but you also have to realize that there are repercussions that's a very negative word which we shouldn't probably use but I can't think of another one right now to that to help you know, show that you're invested in the family as well. Right? And that's very much what logic, what love and logic is talking about is uh, we talk a lot about natural consequences. Mm-hmm. So consequences is, is a great word for that. Um, we hear it. I, f- I hear it all the time as an adult. We talk about it in love and logic and with a lot of parenting classes that, that I do, that letting kids learn from their natural consequences is the greatest gift that we can give our kids. And um, that kind of goes into that idea of discipline. So, you know, discipline is really the structure that we're all living in, right? The rules that we follow. And if we go outside of those rules or if we break the rules, if we cause damage or hurt to another person, we then have to pay the consequences, however great or small that is, whether it's financial or emotional. Um, So building connection as a parent, that parent-child relationship, you're there to help them understand 
know, like, what do you think happened? How do you think that you can, you can make this better? What can you do to, to change the outcome of this? And you literally walk alongside that kiddo and you let them find their way and you're building their confidence, you're building their life experience, and they're really going to come out of it with this sense of understanding and responsibility for what they did and how they impact the world around them. And mistakes are, like letting our children make mistakes is one of the greatest gifts that we can give them so they have something to learn from. Think of on a smaller example scale, I guess we got the postcard in the mail yesterday or the other day mm-hmm. that we had a library book that was missing and it was past due. And if we didn't return it in the next two weeks, we would have to pay for that book. And I think that when my kids got that at first, I mean, we, I've told them before that book was late, we need to find it. But now there was an attached bill to this book that if we didn't find that, that we had to pay for this book for $20. And they found it really quickly because <laughs> that was something they didn't want to take out of their, their money. But versus that win, broken window. But finding value in other people's things or when you're borrowing other people's things. We're also at the age where my kids are asking, like, everything like what does this cost what does this cost how much did our house cost how much um what did this cost what did you have to do to get this how much do you make an hour like all those (laughs) questions are coming out like well you make that much an hour I'm only making this much when I'm doing this so those concepts are really big in our house right now and um my kids are too little right now to have a job but they are motivated by money. We had asked on our Facebook page if people did allowances or chores, and a couple of people said that their kids aren't motivated by money, and I think that came back to you, Cassandra, like when you said all kids are different. Um, my kids are very motivated by money and buying things, and I think with the holidays, they want to buy gifts for other people too, and we struggle with finding that balance, right? Like how do they get that money then if, if they want to save up for something or purchase stuff? Well, I have an answer for, you know, talking about money and what do you earn versus, you know, what other people earn. A great example of this, you know, I, I don't want to exactly tell my kids how much money I make. That's, that's pretty personal. Um, but we hire babysitters. And my daughter, like I said earlier, is starting to babysit. And she once asked how much we pay our summer sitters. And I I told her very point blank, and it was significantly higher than what we allow her to charge other families and what we pay her. And we sat down and we said, well, listen, here are our summer sitters' skill sets. Driving is a big one, and you don't drive. And so, therefore, you know, the parents have to drive you around, and that's a cost to them where our babysitter drives you guys around, and that saves us time and our gas. So we have to pay her a little bit more because she incurs a little bit more cost to just even come to our house and watch you. And so that helped her understand how people get paid different amounts. And it was very basic, but it hit home to her. She has started helping us cook because that was another thing we talked about is, you know, you just make them pizza. You you don't use the stove and... You know, if you want to start being able to provide maybe healthier meals to these children, and that's a positive for parents, you have to learn how to cook and how to responsibly use a stove. And so that also helped us because she's now helping more in the, kit- in the kitchen. So, so it's kind of like value added it to is. the family. It can sometimes lead to value added to your 
pocket. Pocket. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. I have a, a question that I don't know if it's level of logic or any of the above, but um, I know when, when my children were born, the big thing was the savings bank of give, spend, save. Um, and I guess I just have always wondered, is, is there a magic in that? And if there's a magic in, in like, is it a third, a third, a third, like the piggy bank is broken up to? Or, and, and I guess the second part of my question with that is, how do we teach our kids, um, you know, how fortunate they are in, in the, especially around here, in, in, in them seeing what others have? And, and how, do we, how do we teach that lesson? I know, you know, understanding um, what we have and being thankful for what we have, I think a really great way is, uh, is getting out in the community with your kids, letting them meet other people, letting them experience different situations, um, whether that's volunteering together, whether it's going to different like arts and like festivals. Um, I think that the more people that they have the, and the different lifestyles and you as the parent pointing out the value and everybody and not making something um, a monetary value, I think that they start, they start seeing and appreciating all people. Um, I, I know that my, my own children, when they're at our house, they take for granted what they have. They've always had They've had a, a, a fair, you know, a respectable house, and mom and dad always have vehicles that are always running. And, and then they have, as they get older, they have friends who, you know, they come over and they comment that, wow, your house is really big. And, and my kids don't know any different. And they start to recognize things like that. Um, and it's, and it, we will talk about, uh, well, single family home, single parent home, or, you know, mom and dad are together, there's more money coming into the house. You know, we will talk about the obvious things um, and, and helping our children to understand that we all walk a different walk, um, but we always want them to see the value of all people and all families and all situations at the same time. And I think that, that I think that's helpful. I know another helpful tool we use in our house is when we clean out toys, books, closets, we do it together, and we sort through and decide, you know, what do we want to give to other areas, daycares, schools, you know, what books have we read that are in great shape still that we, we can give to other areas and not just throw away, you know, obviously some clothes they need to go, but even coats, you know, mom, what do you do with this stuff? We give it away. We give it to people who need it. In, there's a lot going on, especially in Wisconsin in the winter. If we have boots, my youngest usually gets the newest boots, besides because they're worn by the time they get to her. And we always try those on, and then if they don't fit, they are given away. And she noticed that. She noticed I was throwing away the ones that she wasn't getting because they were so worn, but hers were getting put in the car and taken somewhere. So we have those open conversations of, not everyone can have this. You need to understand that we can do good even with the stuff that we've used ever so lightly and give to people that, that simply can't. Absolutely, and it, volunteering it mm -hmm. plays a big part in that. Whether, um, I know we just um, helped out with Salvation Army, and there was this big event that we were part of, and my kids asked, how much money did we help raise? And when I was able to give them the answer, 
I was just like, and I was breaking it down, like, we raised X amount of dollars, just us, in two hours of working together with this team, and that money is helping uh, people who put food on the, the table, or they're putting warm jackets on their kids, or um, it might be helping with transportation or housing costs, and for them to realize that, like, I just spent two hours doing something that is going to make this impact for another family who maybe might not um, have those things so easily. Uh, it, it was a point of pride for them. And we don't have to over-talk it. Right, right. We can let them experience it. Yeah, I think it's important to give in those donation, like those formal ways. But another way that we do with our family, too, is we talk, we talk a lot about this on our show, right? Like modeling behavior. And I think that's even important when you talk about like tipping your service people, too, or service industries. So even like, um, I think my kids have just always seen us do that. So like if we see like even musicians, right, they're they're more likely to dig out of their pocket and throw a dollar into that for musicians or when we pick up and get drinks or like, so that's just things they've seen us do. And so they're, they're already picking that. And we don't even talk about it really. Like they're just watching us, watching what we're doing. Do things for others. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think people think, well, we're, <laughs> in a, I'm in that same boat, right? Like we're our living paycheck to paycheck sometimes. And it's harder to get like, or I don't want people to feel guilty because they're not giving to those organizations or donating money. You're still giving in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes the smallest gestures, too, can speak volumes, especially when kids are involved. Um, I asked my kids, you know, do you notice what our bus driver, what, what does he drink in the morning? Does he drink soda? Does he drink coffee? He has been wonderful to us this year waiting for my children to run down the driveway. And... They asked why, and I said, I would like to give him just a small gesture, a thank you, because he's such a nice person, and he goes over and above. You know, he could back out and leave right away, and he waits for you guys sometimes. And just explaining that, it's nice to do small gestures. It means a lot, and it's impactful. So then should we pl- and talk about the other end of it, right? Like, how do we encourage that saving, right, and giving, right? Like, how can parents encourage a practical sense of how money comes into the family, um, good practices regarding the use of money, and how to make it grow and keep it safe? So how do you save some of that money? And not just, um, I think my kids are in that phase where they just want to give it all out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then they realize they don't have anything left or um, and I think that even the concept of putting money into a bank mm-hmm. is hard for them to comprehend. Because it seems to be gone. I encourage people to open up bank accounts for their kids, and then they get mailed statements. And every month when my kids' statements come in, I hand them to them and say, you can open it. This is your mail, and this is your bank account, because it is. And they get excited. You know, they may make a quarter in interest these days, but it's something to them. And Kids love getting mail in general. So I also think that's a really big bonus is that they're getting their own piece of mail. It also makes the conversation of saving a little bit easier because we need to set some aside, right? We have wants and we have needs, and we need to teach that. And while we, as parents, provide for most of our kids' needs, to be very honest, their wants don't need to be all of their allowance or all of their babysitting money or all their working money. So in our house, we do take half. Half of what they earn goes into the bank. And just to discipline them 
that you're, you know, someday you're going to be out in the workforce and you can't spend everything on wants. You're going to have, you know, rent or mortgage or housing, food, all of that. And so by taking some of it now and not allowing them to spend all of it and saving it, you're enforcing that discipline. I, I love that, and I agree with you completely, and I think it's it's age and development driven. So when kiddo, kiddos are younger, that 50-50, I think, is a great starting point, need, want, and let them spend the money that they want relatively, <laughs> you know, within limits. Um, but then as they get older, they're maybe pre-teens and teens, and maybe they're like, they want to they realize they're going to have to put gas in a car and things like that, and you're having those conversations. Well, now maybe it's going into thirds. Mm-hmm. So need, want, auto. Er, and, you know, and as as their their development changes and as their goals change, you can help guide them in that way too. I'm not a financial expert, but it is that life skill building mm-hmm. of helping them separate need and want and every kid is different. I mean, I have a saver. She'll get a gift card. She will spend four hours in Target because she will not want to spend the whole thing. And it's great, but it's frustrating at the same time. And then I have a child that as soon as the tooth fairy comes, when can we go shopping? You know, so even in my own household, it's it's different conversations with different kids. Right, right. Everybody is different. Mm-hmm. I, I always struggle with, too, as parents, um, what's the right amount of information from our budgeting that we talk about with our kids? You know, is it just, again, role modeling the the saving and the discipline and things like that? Or, because sometimes I think I make my feel, kids feel guilty, like, do you realize how much this costs? And I don't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter's in traveling sports, and, and it blows my mind how much that costs. But then I feel guilty thinking to myself, that is not on them. It's on me that I'm allowing her to do that, and I'm mm-hmm. spending this money. But what is, do you have advice or thoughts on what's a good balance of that kind of conversation? I know I think of it as I, I'm very fact-based with things like that. I, I'm matter of fact. So I don't want them to have the financial stress or burden that we have as adults. That's not something we want them to feel. So they do know how much, generally, my husband and I make. So we... This comes from my husband, by the way. We do talk about, well, I have to work this many hours to pay for that thing. Um, And then we talk about worth and value. Is it worth it? Um, And obviously, as they get older and they get a better sense of what that means, it holds more value to them. Um, But it, it helps us have conversations of why we do some things and we might not do others. Um, because, you know, we do have limitations financially that we have to all live within. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think it makes me chuckle because I've had frank conversations with my older kids. They've come home, you know, maybe when they don't believe in, in certain things and say, well, my friends got this much from the tooth fairy and I never got that much. And I will look at them very frank and say, yeah, but, you know, you are in travel sports and maybe the Tooth Fairy understands that <laughs> other families aren't in those expensive things and in trying to balance it out in, you know, a serious but funny conversation. And it, it, they understand. As they get older, I agree, you need to be honest and know your limitations of what you're comfortable with with your kids but be comfortable sharing certain things because 
they are going to have to learn it. And they learn the value of money in school, but application sometimes is taught at home and only at home. I mean, I was brought up, my dad was a financial planner as well. So I am comfortable talking about money. I, I do not have an issue with that because it's very, just that's how it was in my family. Again, my husband's family was very different. They did not talk about those skills. And so I truly believe the more knowledge you have, and because I'm not shy about it, and even to this day, that's my job. I, I do like having those conversations. I have clients who have their kids come in and see me to have frank conversations of what are our goals? You know, this is my first job. What should I be trying to do with my paycheck? And we sit down on an individualized basis and we go through that. But I like having it in the privacy of my home with my kids. Now, kids are going to, you know, grow up and be who they want to be, but to give them a foundation of understanding that, you know, emergencies happen, you have to have these savings. You don't know when you're going to get a flat tire if you own a car or have to take public transport because you don't have a car. And having just these ideas of this is how you have to work for your money and this is what you need to understand about it. There has to be a safety net. And we have to figure out how to do that. I think it's important. Yeah, I think I think we've come a long way generationally and talking honestly about all of that kind of stuff. And frankly, and I hope we have, and... Financial literacy is, is one of the things that is so important to be teaching our children. Mm -hmm. So important. I mean, I do draw the line. I know some people will get out credit card bills for their kids. I'm not there yet. My kids aren't old enough yet for me to talk to them about, you know, what we spend. But I do talk about how credit cards work because that was very eye-opening to me. My kids just thought this card, you know, you put it in an ATM machine and money comes out. This is great. And you know, you go to the grocery store and you put the card in the machine and you get your groceries. And at one point they weren't understanding that a bill comes. And that money that I make you put in the bank for savings, I have the same bank account type. And I have to take money out of that to pay these bills and, and getting them to connect those dots. Well, and it is funny, too, to watch kids. My daughter's 15, so she's older. And watching her understand the value of we have some friends that have chosen a path where everything they do is cash. It's like I feel like they're Dave Ramsey. Everything mm -hmm. is cash mm -hmm. and everything is paid off. And But they're disciplined in a different way. And then we have other friends that have big, beautiful houses and big, beautiful cars. And, and my daughter is trying to explain to kids that it's a, it's a philosophy. We all operate differently. On some people believe in credit. Some people don't. Some people, you know, spend money on houses and cars. Some people go on vacation and, and have, you know, it, it's interesting it to watch them understand that. And that's why I truly believe those conversations are important to have at home. Because school's not going to talk about this family is going on this vacation because, you know, they teach basics and they do a great job at that. But the philosophy of money is different in every household. Mm -hmm. Right, right. What would, do you have any tips for families? Like, what if you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, okay, we didn't have a lot growing up, and now we're raising these kids and we're trying to make it better for them. Like, where can parents get more information about financial literacy? And I think even, or maybe this is a tack on to that question, but I, I think a lot of people will say, like, go talk to a financial advisor, but that sounds really scary. Like, even when... And when you're not in a good spot, right, to 
give all your dirty laundry to a financial advisor? Like, are there baby steps or tips or a takeaway for families that think, I want to do better for my kids, but I, but we're not doing good. I think it's a really common misconception that financial advisors are only for people who have money. Again, we weren't all taught the same, and I think the first step you can do is call someone and have a sit down with them. Money is very personal, and I talk to my clients about this. I could be the best financial advisor in the world. If you are not comfortable with me, the relationship is not going to work because it is a relationship. So I encourage everyone, you know, if you have questions, call. Feel some financial advisors out in person. Our job is to talk to you about those private things behind closed doors that do not leave our office and put together a plan and make you feel comfortable and give you guidance. I look at what I do very much so as education, and I enjoy it. You know, setting those goals and seeing people get there is is rewarding. And so I would not hesitate to call. And, you know, don't take it personally if it's not the right fit. Keep calling. It's kind of like, you know, finding your life partner or, you know, mm-hmm. your travel companion. <laughs> you know, you just move on and you find a different one. And, and just know that there are no wrong questions Everybody has different questions, and everybody thinks differently, and so you need to, to voice your concerns and your questions and, and connect with someone who will help you and guide you. Great. Any last-minute takeaways, Jen, that you would like to share with us after today's conversation? I, I think that whether we're talking about parent education, um, financial literacy within the family, I think everything starts with the parents as role models, realizing that uh, our children are watching what we do, not necessarily listening to what we say. And us, whether it's financial health or lifestyle health, making sure that we're always mindful of, of our little copiers, our little copycats that are, that are watching us through life. I think it's really valuable um, that as long as we're putting our best foot forward, as long as we're trying our best, we don't have to be perfect, but trying our best, we're giving our kids an advantage, um, and they're able to, to learn by watching us. Before we wrap things up, Jen, if local parents would like to dig deeper into exploring love and logic, what resources are available? Absolutely. Uh, parent Connection offers parent education works workshops continuously throughout the year. Um, we do have three different love and logic curriculums that we're always, we're always running. Um, one's early childhood parenting made fun, and that's for kids about age two to six. Um, another one is called Parenting the Love and Logic Way, and that's for all ages. And there's a third one called Supporting Youth with Challenging Pasts, um, and that is also for all ages. Um, these workshops can be found on our website, um, Family Services of Northeast Wisconsin. We also have a Facebook page for Parent Connection, and we have uh, an email newsletter that I put out at least once a month. Thank you for joining us today, Cassandra and Jen. We appreciate your knowledge on this topic and just discussing parenting and, and financial fluency and all that in general. We look forward to our next discussion. Thank you Thank for you. having us. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate, qualified professional prior to making the decision. 
securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor member, FINRA and SIPC. Visit GalashGushKids.com and our Facebook page to continue this conversation. Thanks again to our guest, Jen and Cassandra, for sharing their time and knowledge with us. And thanks to our producer, Liz Schultz, our audio and video engineer, Marlo Amos, and of course, my co-host, Carlene Grabner, and for the support from the Women's Fund of Oshkosh.